the tabletop Take away Game mechanics on display Three designers share the stage Pick a genre and we'll play The tabletop Take away Hello, and welcome to The Tabletop Takeaway. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Trevor Muller-Hagel. I'm Ananda Gunaratna. And I'm Charlie McCarran. And uh, today we're going to talk about my game, which is going to be Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, uh, in continuation of our tactical combat series. Uh, This is much more than I thought I was going to say, so I'm going to go right into some of the basics of this game. Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion is kind of a scaled-down version of Gloomhaven, uh, or Frosthaven, if you're so lucky to purchase the, however expensive that game is. Uh, but Jaws of the Lion is kind of a more stomach stomachable. Uh, it's very small. It has a, the maps are all in a book instead of being things that you build over the course of the games. Um, so it's easy to just turn to the page of where you're at in the campaign. Uh, this uses a very grid-like movement system while you're playing, so more sin, uh, more akin to chess, things like that. Uh, and the combat does use some, uh, it's it's a lot less random than a lot of RPGs are. You have a set of cards that are your abilities in your hand, and you have access to all of them. And then you choose which two you're going to use. Each card has a top and a bottom ability, and they also have a kind of some minor, uh, like, attack or defense values on them as well that's a little bit weaker. So, like, you have some flexibility with how, you, or maybe uh, attack and move, I should say. Uh, so you have some flexibility with how the cards are used. Uh, that means each card has, like, four options on it. So when you choose two cards, you actually have eight things you could possibly do. You could choose two of them, one item per card. Uh, hopefully I didn't lose you there. But that's kind of the core idea of how the game works. Uh, you'll have different unique things for your character as you unlock more cards in the game. It's a campaign game. It's cooperative. Uh, you're going against monsters. Most of the missions are destroy all enemies. Um, yeah, and that is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion in a nutshell. Did I miss anything important for this game that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, Attack, defense. I I mean, you you mentioned the the combat system. Yeah. It also has those cards that you draw, right? Yes, thank you Mm -hmm. very much. Yep, so you have uh, the randomization element for attacks are that you draw a card, and that will modify your card that you're attacking with. Um, And so that's a pretty big part of the game. Um, And you get to modify that deck over time as well, potentially. Yeah, I think that's a key part that makes Gloomhaven really cool. I've played a lot of the main game and this one initial mission of Jaws of the Lion with you guys. Yeah. And uh, my first time playing, I was like, yeah, this is okay. Um, But then when you start upgrading your character Mm -hmm. and getting new ability cards that you can use, plus... Like modifying your deck, yeah, uh, yeah. That's what really hooks hooks me in. Once once you start learning the system, it's like oh for sure, oh, yeah. Well, and so I'm going to admit right now, I've actually probably played the least Gloomhaven out of everyone here. I don't know if I said that before. Um, I haven't but, played that much. Uh, but on like the digital version, I've played the original Gloomhaven for a few of the missions, and then I have played with us recently with Jaws of the Lion. So I, I definitely like have a foundation ish, mm-hmm. but. I, I, you know, it's a it's a tactical game, it's a combat game, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just I I really like how they went about this because you have like a very similar to Mage Wars in our last episode, where you choose two cards, and yeah. it's it's interesting to see that parallel in this game, 
But, yeah, when you mentioned that, I was like, did Isaac Childress play Mage Wars, you right. think? And, Very possible. Because, like, you, I forgot that, yes, you do have all your ability cards available mm-hmm. to you. That's like, true, yeah. Granted, but it's a lot it's a less. Hand. Yeah. You, you pick. Um, and it I reshuffles. But the, but. I feel like they are more complicated right. generally than the Mage Wars cards. Well, and they have two abilities on them right. each, which, like, changes the dynamic a little bit. So even though you may start with six cards, that's 12 abilities. Sure. And so yeah. like, and you get to recycle the cards after you know after you run out of cards, you discard one of them, and then you keep playing. And so like, as you play through a mission, your your hand size decreases, which is technically true also of Mage Wars, mm-hmm. um, but more literal for Mage Wars where uh, Gloomhaven it's over time. Well, I think it's more dramatic in Gloomhaven because in Mage Wars right. you usually have a ton of re- like. Yeah. It's it's unusual to go through m- much of your deck in Mage yeah, Wars. Yeah, I think I, I cast, like, I don't know, 12 spells yeah. in Mage Wars out of 60. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The, the, I mean, the, this, this is actually something I was kind of wondering about, which is, um, so the, the sort of exhaustion, right, mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. I, I guess, not, not just Gloomhaven, but actually tactical combat games in general. There's some aspect of this in chess and in Mage Wars. Um, the, the games are about fighting, so you get worn down. And right. in Gloomhaven, the the form this takes is you lose cards, right? Every time you shuffle your your deck together, you're losing one of your abilities, right? Um, and so over the course of the game, the player is getting weaker, um, and they are losing power or, or flexibility, right. really. Yeah, and yeah. and of course, the um gloomhaven has the campaign aspect to it where o- right, over right. Mi- over multiple games you get stronger but in any single game you're getting weaker over the course right and some advice you often hear um from game designers is you know you want players to get stronger over the course of the game right you they want build them up. They, you want them to build up and yet so many tactical combat games have in in some way you getting weaker right. so how mm-hmm. How do you do that and keep things fun? How do you how do you get weaker while keeping yeah, how, it fun? Mm, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And there is something to like a resource management perspective of it, where you start out with resources and you dwindle down, and so you're trying to optimize that. So you're kind of having to see like is, is the you know the the quest you're on one map? Is it multiple maps? Is it just these four guys? Like our our first game, very easy, just a like what five or six goblin things. Super chill. Um, that was mm-hmm. very easy. We didn't. I think we shuffled once. Mm-hmm. Um, no yeah. problem. But but I mean, still every every time you shuffle, you have fewer options, and right. you lose one of your cool abilities. So yeah. if if that combat dragged on, and I'm running out of abilities, yeah, that that gets less. Yeah. It, well, it gets it builds it builds the tension though. It does. It just yeah. it feels contrary to the advice that you hear right. a lot of the time. Right. I think in Gloomhaven, there's. At least one thing that does power you up mid game is you can find items. Uh, oh, that's true. Well, actually, Potion. can you find it mid game though? I don't know. Actually, you find them at the end of the game mostly. Uh, all, so yeah, you're all, right. It, well, all, all of the progression is between games. Yeah. So I think one thing that it why it does work still is you you do have all your abilities at the beginning and maybe you're like running through them and testing them out um but the second wave through now you're like you have to sort of make this fun choice of like this one was really fun to use i should use that again and then like the second time you use it it's 
also maybe going to be more impactful because you've gotten in the midst of the enemies. Right. Whereas right. maybe at the beginning there's one or two. Now it's like, oh, I'm in this big horde. Ah. Uh, uh, so the so the context is what changes. Right? Yeah. Basically, the the ability is the same, mm-hmm. but it it functions differently because of the context. And I, I remember actually, yeah, while, while we were playing, I was playing the. The, the guy, yeah, the the guy with all the bombs, yeah, grenadier. Mm-hmm. I forget, I forget what it was called, but yeah. those bombs were not very effective in the beginning because all the enemies were spread apart, and I was and far, so far away, away from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later on, um, I was close to the enemies, and they were clustered together, and the bombs are suddenly more interesting. So that mm-hmm. that's a really good point. Um, if you can change the context over the course of the game, even though the player is getting weaker. Um, their ability because of the new context, their abilities are more impactful. Right. Yeah. Um, so it feels different. So maybe and that's... healing abilities also, like oh, you know, you're at full health. So yeah. Those you, you didn't even care. look at it before right. at the first time, and now the second time around because of the dual cards, I okay. think that works too. Because... But if that's one that's discarded in that first round, it's like yeah, oh you... god. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't need. Who needs health? Who needs yeah. health? What? Who? Okay. That... <laughs> That's a really good point. I think I think that's probably going to be my takeaway then, which is, <laughs> which is that you can absolutely get away with weakening players if their uh, abilities that are remaining are more useful um, later on in the game. Well, yeah. and and it's a narrative experience, right? Like it yeah. is it is a combat, right? It's a tactical combat, and this is where it really veers away from chess. But it's a story that's happening, and if your character is getting more and more tired, it's the same thing. If you catch the king with just like a bishop and a pawn, it's like, how the heck did you? Right. Okay, great, you right. got it. But like, it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this, bringing it back to chess, because I will always use chess as examples. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you're you're losing your pieces, but that also means the board's getting. Uh, more cleared out for things like the rook that can oh, right. have been stuck the whole game, and now you're like, oh, okay, now it's the time. <laughs> time versus, of the rook. Yeah, versus at the beginning of the game, you're everything's stuck behind the pawn wall. Yeah, yeah. so you have limited options. Yeah, it's but, it, it's yeah. really interesting in chess because your pieces block your other pieces. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is actually like Gloomhaven too. You can get clogged. Oh, we absolutely did that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your allies get in the way. Yep. So maybe we should talk about the co-op nature because that is another fun piece of Gloomhaven. Well, and just as like we were talking about earlier or in the in the prior episode with uh, chess, where like if every one of these pieces had really specific, unique abilities, there's 16 of them total. But you know, pawns maybe have different variant. Like that'd be a lot to track in your head. When it's a character that has certain abilities, that's a lot easier all of a sudden because you have one character on the board and then you're working with your friends who might have synergy-based abilities. It's like, okay, well, I can blitz through there. Are you able to survive this? Are you able to take out that guy? Mm-hmm. And then you're actually having that collaborative experience because you have a lot more tools at your individual character's disposal mm-hmm. than a pawn in chess. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think like it really encourages that, that conversation. But you're not supposed to say what you have in your, like, what you're right. doing verbatim. But you can say, like, okay, yeah, I can take them out. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, it's always a fuzzy rule that's yeah. a, yeah, a little annoying, but... I, I, I don't like those those cases where it's, um, you, you know, where, where the game says, okay, there's a limit on your communication, but we don't actually have a hard and definition I, of what the limit is. Yeah. Part of that, I think, comes from quarterbacking. 
yeah. wanting to limit quarterbacking, which if you don't know quarterbacking, having one player decide for everyone what they should do on their turn with their abilities. Yeah. Like that's that's not a game that's one person playing while other people engage what they're doing. Yeah. If if you design a game and a co-op game yeah. and you test it with with a play or, or with people who are designers or mm-hmm. very familiar with game design absolutely every single time um, somebody is going to talk about quarterbacking, either yeah. saying, how are you avoiding quarterbacking <laughs> or, I don't know, something like that. That's guaranteed. Absolutely. Yeah. I had it happen. Yeah. yeah. There, there is no avoiding that, so you'd better have an answer for it. <laughs> I had one actually quarterback. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the hand of cards is very helpful because no one can see what exactly your abilities are. Right. I mean, like, yes, you could say... And you can show someone, like, I have this card. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you should try and... Also, it, it does have the Spirit Island approach where it's just way... What you're doing is way too complicated for anyone else to keep track of sure. in right. addition to their own stuff. Sure. And I think in Gloomhaven, like, the way I've played it with groups is, like, oh, I'm going to hit... You can say, like, I'm going to attack that enemy. Yeah, but absolutely. they don't know maybe exactly what or... Yeah. You can... I think you can even say what ability you're using because... They won't remember still, it necessarily. The, the main thing you can't say is, like, the order... You right. can say, like, I'm going pretty quick, I'm going later. But still, the enemy um, initiative orders will probably mess with your plan. That's, like, could, the one yeah. element of randomness that can really change up the your, initiative. your whole plan. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. of course, in, in the game we played, the enemies had a... They, they hadn't introduced that mechanic yet, I guess. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. um, the enemies just had a static initiative. Of yep. 50. Oh. So, yeah, it gets a lot more interesting once you're like, well, I hope I'm going before this guy. <laughs> Otherwise... <laughs> We're in trouble. Yeah. 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 Another thing to talk about is the AI. um, Because I I felt like the AI was pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, how how complex... I I mean, it was certainly exploitable. um, Because we knew exactly what the enemy was going to do. I guess if if we had the initiative hidden, then maybe that would be less the case. Right. Than it was in our game. But, yeah, when when you're designing AI for... um, for tactical combat games, how complicated does it need to be? Yeah. And honestly, the more complicated it is, the more headspace it takes from the players to engage with, which means they have less to actually like work on their own stuff. Yeah. So it's like that's less fun for them in theory, or mm-hmm. could be. Yeah. I've heard a good rule of thumb that is when uh, you're designing an AI, try to make it so that the player turns are lo- much longer than the yeah, AI absolutely. turns. Yeah, right. So... Um, keeping it simple in terms of like how much fiddliness you have to do. Yeah. Right. But yeah. It's tricky because it's like even in Gloomhaven with even those simple rules, you have to figure out, well, what is the best move for this creature? Right. And like there has to be a rule about, well, if it has a ranged attack, it's going to only move just in range so that it can shoot you, but not any closer. Yeah, and that, that was a point that Ananda kind of brought up uh, before, too, is that, like, with this AI, if it's predictable, is that fair for the AI? Does that still feel good if you know what the AI is going to actually do on their next turn? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if there's no variance at all, that's a little boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the initiative's a little different and they move before or after, like, that changes it up a little. So yeah. I think, yeah, having just those little bit of variations. Yeah, I th- I, I think it needs to be mostly predictable, but yeah. slightly unpredictable. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's which I think which I think helps us with our shopping carts. <laughs> yeah, 
game in progress <laughs> to be discussed maybe someday, someday. on the podcast. Someday. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah AI is a challenge. Um, I also, I, I kind of, oh, did you have a... Oh, no, I was just thinking, yeah, I think I already touched on my takeaway mm-hmm. being um, the card system for me. I really like, and uh, I always think about, like, binary choices in games where there's, like, a series of binary choices versus, like, I have all these options and I can do anything on my turn. But if you have like a branching tree, like okay, well, first I got to figure out which card I'm, which two cards I'm going to use out of my hand. Okay, well I pick those, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, so I've got some flexibility. Then everyone reveals, and then you still get another binary choice of like which card do I want to do. It's it's uh, kind of it's a weird binary choice though because one precludes the other. You can't do both top actions or both bottom actions. Right. To do a top and a top bottom. And bottom. Yeah. So like which bottom top top bottom will you use? I guess it is still binary, right? There's yeah. Still two Some, ultimately. Yeah, and I guess I'm saying binary. Uh, I don't. It's not exactly binary, but <laughs> it, it, <laughs> like a series great of scheme, I think it is. of kind yeah. of like branching Choices. decisions yeah. versus like one big blob of lots of decisions that. Right. At, at each point, you're deciding between two things. Right. Yeah. Which makes it faster in theory, and it should be you know. Yeah, more streamlined, and it, on, it does the same thing again as Mage Wars, where we're all deciding the cards at the same time simultaneously. Yeah, so that decision point is still simultaneous. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to learn there, and I yeah. need to remember that. But Trevor, you're going to say something. Uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about. Let me see here. Uh, it's it's interesting. I, I was a little bit worried about the analysis paralysis of having two items per card and then trying to choose from the cards that you have as that list grows and you get, you know, more unlocks for your character. How does that feel? Does that actually, does it take longer? Well, I haven't gotten super you, far into I, campaigns. You only are allowed a selecting certain a certain number of cards for your character. So, so you kind of get rid of the, you worst. do a deck building kind of like mage wars. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, I want these cards to go with me. Yep. That's my energy for the battle effectively. I mean, the, the other consideration is in our game, we were all completely new to the cards, but right? Later in the campaign, I imagine you'd be quite used to the cards. Right. Mm-hmm. So you'd always, you, you'd already have internalized like the pros and cons and like situations sure. where the cards are good or bad. Um, so kind of get mastery over your character. Right. Yeah. yeah. So any new cards you get, you you don't need to pay as much attention to the ones you've already learned. Sure. Yeah. You, on, you only need to learn, okay, when do I use this new card? It, I, I would think it would be probably a lot easier than that first game we played. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you, you were saying, well, Gloomhaven cards seem much more complicated than Mage Wars cards. Maybe not much more, but to me, well, I look at a Gloomhaven card and I'm like, oh, yeah. Easy, because I played more of that, and you've played a ton of Mage Wars. Yeah, so you just I, know. I think yeah. with Gloomhaven, it's more the implications of uh, the cards, because mm-hmm. you know each of them. There's two different things that you're giving up when you use the card, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, but I mean, yeah, maybe they're not. I, I guess technically, Mage Wars cards do have more information on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I also feel like it's presented in a way that's, you know, like the color of the card tells you something. And you can easily see the mana value. and So that one, like more of your mastery of the game at large, 
yeah. to help you understand any card right. in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you've played the game a bit, you can look at any card and instantly have a pretty good right. idea of what it does. Um, whereas, uh, I mean, maybe that's the case in Gloomhaven too. I yeah. Well, but if you just master your character and you're not mastering the other characters, it may be a big learning curve if you had to like cover someone who had to like watch their kid or something one night and like, okay, I'm going to try playing their character for a night. It's like, oh mm-hmm. God, what does any of this do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could see that being actually a pretty high learning curve. I think some a topic for our next episode maybe would be like proficiency in games and yeah. why tactical combat games seem to be a lot about the, like proficiency and getting mastering better. the game itself. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But any last thoughts though here on Gloomhaven? Uh, so my takeaway, it, it might be a little bit of a negative takeaway, but I don't know if that's quite right. Uh, I've heard a lot about campaign games and people who got in with Gloomhaven and stuck with Gloomhaven and like really enjoyed it. That's great. But it is really hard to get into Gloomhaven because it's such a big time sink. I'm considering looking more into shorter campaigns that are like six games long or 10 games long. I want your thoughts on that kind of move. Yeah, it's, like it's, for uh, your yeah for designs. me personally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm I really like the idea of having that game to game growth, but I don't want to make a 42, 45 game campaign it, that people get like two games into. It is intimidating to see large amounts of content. Yeah. Um, when there's some expectation that you play through all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, I'm playing uh, the the uh, Descent Third Edition, I think, right now, uh, and we are. God, 10 games in right now, and we just got our first experience point. Okay. Whoa. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I mean, like, th- this oh. is one of the reasons I just can't get into um, video game RPGs. Oh, really? Uh, it, it's oh, because, I love video game RPGs. But, yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, Fallout or yep, Skyrim love, or anything. Yep, love it. I, I, I can't do it because there's just, there's so much, and it's like, okay, yeah. if you're playing this, you're, you, know, you need to go <laughs> through it. And it's just like no, I'm I'm not I'm not willing to commit to that much time up front. Sixty hours of my life, yeah. no. Um, that's I, part of the I think why I didn't get that into D and D either because that's I saw fair. the path in front of me of like how much <laughs> it would take to get this one point of yeah. like whatever uh, stat I that's need. That's a big grievance for me too with D and D. That's why I'm working on my own RPGs because nice. like it's D and D. I I would love. Uh, this is for another this yeah. is more of a rant but <laughs> <laughs> oh no um uh like i love the storytelling side of it and but i just don't really like the mechanics side oh interesting or i'd rather it be more mechanics strategic light. oh more strategic and something else or more s- just story so okay i'm sure there's a better rpg out there's there there's a me. million <laughs> rpgs out there yeah absolutely yep. but Monster yeah. of the Week would probably be a great, a great mm. game, which uses I cannot remember uh, the name of the system, but it's a specific system that uses. Uh, oh, I'm not gonna remember any of it mm-hmm. right now. But playbooks, ha! Uses playbooks, and that's like your character's mm-hmm. abilities, but it's very abstract, and you like roll dice still, but it's like not literal. Yeah, it's much more narrative driven. That's a, I think that'd be or Fate Core. Fate Core is a good yeah. one too. But. And I think, like, to bring it back to Gloomhaven, yeah. like, I don't think of it as a story game so much to me. Yeah, it's like, a... it, Obviously, yeah, there's story elements which are fun. Mm-hmm. Like, where, oh, you go out on and you have a road event at the end where uh, after you finish the missions, you find out, like, some some special thing and up and whatever. But, yeah, it definitely feels like... A tactical game where you have different situations. Yeah. You get stronger over time. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and to a touch on your idea of like a shorter campaign i think yeah. that's a good idea and i've played a lot of um legacy games like sure. risk pandemic charterstone site oh, yeah. and they all end around like 10 or 10 to 12 okay. games i think sure and that that feels good to me oh yeah but even like i think i would almost prefer like a shorter game itself mm-hmm. that you can play you know a lot of times mm-hmm. oh i see so the oh, game, like, i see like a really long campaign but each session is super yeah, short like, like the crew i i, I love <laughs> those kind of games i need to play the crew still yeah yeah but, but you know no that's that's absolutely yeah. legit and like being able to have a decent experience in like a 30 minute session and you know you can play like four games in a night instead of one like that'd yeah. be awesome because it's, it's kind of nice. You get this reset in the middle where it's yeah. like, oh, we learned some stuff. Okay, now we get to try. Yeah, and being able to improve, is, as Ananda was saying, is a very important part. And like being able to have that growth be noticeable. Uh, if you have a shorter game and you are losing resources during that shorter game, yeah. and then you gain stuff, it can feel like you're in the same game when you do a new mission. And I think with losing resources, if the game is very short, it yeah. probably doesn't matter. You don't feel it yeah. as much because it's like, hey, I'll have it back soon. Yeah. Like, it's not a big deal. And another point in a co-op game like Gloomhaven, if you lose, it really sucks if you have to, to replay replay a really long campaign. Oh, but my like, God. I, usually Gloomhaven, I don't know how Isaac Trilogist did this, but pretty much every mission we've played, we... Either we sometimes win on the first try, but often we lose. But if we do lose, we usually win the second time around. <laughs> like we've improved our skills enough, or maybe got a little bonus. But no, do you uh, do you uh, keep things when you lose in Gloomhaven? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you don't really lose um, stuff too okay. much. Uh, so it doesn't reset your character to pre-mission. No, no, okay, no. cool. So that helps. That, if, that's if nice. You, that's a nice you little... You can earn some things in between that help you out. Yeah, complete reset is... Mm-hmm. Woof. Yeah. Well, the save game was back uh, three hours ago. Uh... <laughs> no, we're not going back to Game Boy days when you couldn't save between oh levels even. Oh, what a terrible design back in the day. Oh. Like, was it a memory thing? I don't know. Yeah, it just, it, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> Saving wasn't a thing. Yeah. Well... Awesome. Seems like we could wrap up this episode, and uh, yeah, tune in next time for our um, bonus episode talking about tap t- tactical combat games in general. Yeah. That was different. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Tabletop Takeaway. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you, so please tell your friends and visit our website at thetabletoptakeaway.com where you can suggest games and mechanics for us to cover next on the show.